Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by Poddex. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast, all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise course. Joining me is the one and only Biko. Hello. So, I mean, hopefully now we sound better now. <laughs> hopefully it'll sound loud and clear when you guys um hear the playback for the episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. We pretty much talked about films and stuff, but like this week, um, it's a lot of things that you know over the weekend that. Happened last week. We Justice League finally got released. <laughs> Justice League on HBO Max got released. The Schneider Cut finally got released. I guess it's like four episodes. I guess the way they broke it down was like four episodes. Which is almost like a four hour long movie. So they kind of like broke it down to like a miniseries. Oh. In an aspect of it. Like that's going to make it better. I'm okay. Well, I'm hearing like positive things about it. Because it wasn't what, what he originally intended it to be. I guess that it kind of helped with the character development stuff. Right. But, I mean, I don't have HBO Max, so I can't give you guys a payment. I have not seen the original with Josh Moon taking over, so it's like, I don't know how this one is, but so far, that I've seen so far, has been really popular so far. That's not as bad. I know IGN gave it like an 8 out of 10 for it as well, saying it kind of oversaw what the predecessor was. And, I don't know. I mean, it's up to you guys. It's like, I'm more like, towards the Marvel side of things. I mean, the only thing I like from DC is, like, Batman, and, of course, I like the 
DCCW universe was of Arrow and, and The Flash and all that stuff. I know the Superman Lois show's actually doing really well right now. And so far, that one's got renewed for like a second season. So you, they got that going on in CW. Of course, Batwoman as well is on there as well. Supergirl's in its final season as well. So like that TV universe is slowly ending soon as well. As it's winding down this year. And um, one thing I did notice like today when I was like checking online and stuff for news and stuff. Um, Disney did announce that Black Widow is going to be released not only in theaters. But also be available on Disney Plus with the premiere access. So it got pushed back again. To let me see, what was the date again? Here we go. Let's see here. Yeah, so now the date for Black Widow now it got pushed back to July 9th. So that got pushed back to July. So the, apparently, according to this article, it's like about two years. Apparently. I mean, this article from comicbook.com said, New Black Widow date ensures two full years between Marvel movies. Because mm-hmm. honestly, it's like, yeah. It says there were Black Widow landing in theaters July 9th, exactly two years, one week after Spider-Man Far From Home, Marvel Studios' last feature presentation hit theaters in 2019. So, that doesn't seem like a long ago, right? After Global Planet started this time last year, 2020 ended up being the first year of Marvel Studios, they didn't release a single production that came to life with John Favreau's Iron Man. Now the Black Logger releases 2021 is getting busier by the day. So this year, with Black Widow being delayed, it says here Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings had to push to September. Eternals got pushed back to, it's still sitting on November. And of course, Spider-Man No Way Home is still slated for December. So we will get like a Spider-Man film as well this year. Mm. But it's like, I mean right now, we just, with Marvel right now, with their movies right now, I think, too, besides focus on the films, I know they're trying to focus also on the television aspect as well, especially with Disney+, Plus. when it comes to, like, doing content. So, right now, um, with WandaVision ending a couple weeks ago, which, to me, actually was enjoyable to watch. Um, I just recently saw the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it, it's not bad to say, because it's trying to be almost like a buddy-type film. Because it's, like, more character development for Sam and... And Winter Soldier and Bucky, because it's like you get some development in the films, because but of course they're playing second fiddle to Captain America. I mean, we saw Sam make his first appearance in Winter Soldier, and of course Bucky, you know, being the first Avenger film, being the Captain America first Avenger film, as well as being supporting Captain America. Um, you get some development with him, and he gets more prominence in Winter Soldier, and a little more in Civil War as well. But here, I kind of like for the fact that we get to see more in depth in their backgrounds more. And the way the timeline is in the MCU timeline right now, it's like six months after Endgame. So they're pretty much picking up the pieces after, you know, the whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. How the blip just ended and everyone's trying to get back to their lives and everything. And the whole thing about, I mean, with the logo of the, of the show, is like, who's, who's going to take the mantle with Captain America? And by the looks of it, we all thought, who's going to take up the shield? And, of course, with the end of Endgame, if you haven't seen it, of course, Steve Rogers, you know... Ends up going back in time, ends up fixing everything. To a point, he ends up living his life as an old man. Now he's old. And he decides to give his shield to, to Sam. And, you know, my first thought with that was, holy crap, um, he's going to be the new Captain America. Because it did happen in the comics. Sam Wilson, for a time, took over Captain America when the Tesseract was used on Steve Rogers to pretty much age him up. And Sam had to take over as Captain America for the time being. 
But here, it's not the case. Um, he decides he doesn't want to take up the shield and decides to do his own path. And of course, with this being focusing not just on Falcon, also focusing on Winter Soldier, now it's like, what's going on with, you know, Bucky now? Because, you know, he's over 100 something years old. And throw that program in Hydra, and you can tell he's still suffering like nightmares and stuff from his previous kills. So he has, he's, had, he's still dealing with some PTSD as well for being programmed under Hydra all those years. And he's trying to. And apparently we learned a little bit about him, how he got pardoned, but for him to get pardoned, he has to go through, like, psychotherapy. To, like, just make sure he doesn't, you know, become, uh, get activated again, basically, so to say. Because even though he took some time in Wakanda, there's a possibility that he could snap again. So you get to see him as well, how he's doing with it as well. At the same time, you know, Sam is, you know, he's got a sister, they got nephews, he's trying to take care of his family as well. So it's an interesting way. It's a good introductory point to it, and then we get to see John Cheadle for a little bit. Which is always nice. See Rhodey in there as well, so... It'd be interesting, because, I mean, it's the first episode, guys, so, I mean, it's only been a week. So, I mean, at least we're getting overall content right now with the film, with the... Between films, like, that I do like that. I'm looking forward to, like, Loki as well, that's coming out later this year. You got the Loki show as well. So it's like... And what's cool about it is at least they're giving these shows like the same budget as they are with the, with the films as well. And here, with doing it as a show, I think you get more like character development. You get to spread the story so on and develop the characters more. To eventually it will lead up to them teaming up again. Like they would do with WandaVision. We saw more Death with Scarlet Witch and Vision. But now it, it leads to what's going to happen in Doctor Strange sequel. Which we'll see more Scarlet Witch at that point. But like I said, that's the one thing I saw to me was this weekend when I ended up I ended up getting to see that that show as well. Um other than that, I wanted to pull up something here. Let me go back. Ah <laughs> Let's see here. Any big things right now. Trying to see what the big uh headlines are right now. No, here we go. Combo research is always a good thing to look up here. Let's see here. Sorry, guys. Those computers get slow. <laughs> Alright, here we go. I did see that, of course, um, looks like... Um, Pixar's uh, next film following this uh, movie Soul looks like um, Luca. It's called. Which oh, no. that's it's gonna get going. It's going. I guess they're gonna have it just go directly to Disney Plus. So it's just skipping a theatrical release. So I wonder if they're gonna do like they did with Soul and just have a regular streaming, which most likely. I mean, it's kind of like another another movie following the theme of kind of um. Expanding people's perspectives on, on other people's cultures and how they live in this one's in, in Italy. So, as they did with Coco, um, and, and, um, and Moana, and I don't know, Moana was Disney or was it Pixar? It's the same shit. Disney, <laughs> Pixar, they both follow the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's Pixar, but it's following of kind of showing us, at least at that with that in respect with Polynesian culture, with that one, and then Coco being Mexican, and then Soul. Culture. And so being more or less just uh, well, that's not really an ethnic, an ethnic culture. It's more or less an actual like 
like a concept musical culture and concept with the, like people's I guess kind of bridging the, the gap of what people understand of spirituality and and the concept of having a soul and what makes it, uh, people unique in this world but they're kind of following that with at least the historic historical like ethnic ethnic cultures within that like that scope and kind of reach a broad audience and they're trying to deal with uh luca being i guess he's a, isn't he a mermaid or something like that i guess so uh, what it is is like pretty much um uh, that's an office the coast of the Mediterranean. yeah um yeah they're like he and his uh, friend are like um they're just like when they go by land or like look like regular people but when they get hit with the water they they show they're like their true forms and the way it looks like um and it says in this film is directed by en- Enrico Casarosa, making his feature film de- the feature debut of Helming Disney Pictures 2001 animated short film La Luna. He's got a film that takes place in Italian Riviera as an homage to San Francisco works of classic Italian filmmaker Federico Fellini. Also citing Hayao Miyazaki, who is coming to be fancy, like my neighbor Toro's inspiration. And this is what he says, like, I was born in Genoa and my summers were spent on beaches. Casarosa said, I met my best friend when I was 11. I was really shy and I found this troublemaker of a kid who had a completely different life. I wanted to make a movie about those kind of friendships to help you grow up. So interesting. I think that's cool. Yeah, and I guess what this, what, I saw the trailer for it and basically what it is, yeah, they're just two kids, but they end up like, and they end up making a friend on the land and and she doesn't, like, they don't know that he's actually, they're actually like um, sea, folk, sea folk. Like sea creatures, basically. I don't think like technically mermaids, but like sea creatures, but the way it looks like. And they're trying, you know, try to hide who they are. And it's funny, there's, like, the one scene when they're, like, eating their... They got invited to the, like, their new friend's, like, dinner, like, their house and stuff. And they accidentally get splashed with something. And, and they try to cover it up and everything. It's kind of funny. And it looks like one of those, like, kind of, like, you know... And it also shows, like, yeah... It, and you can tell it's taking inspiration from the directors, like, growing up in Italy. So, like, they eat the, the, the coastline side, you know... Like, that has the food and stuff and the people. And, like, it's like another way. I kind of like the way that Pixar's doing that. Like, they're exploring different cultures and stuff. You know, not just being tied down to, like, a single genre. But taking, like, mythologies and all that as well. Because I mean, you'd be surprised it's probably taken from mythology. Like he said, he's inspired by Hayami. It's like I said, when you see My Neighbor Toro or, like, Ponyo's another one. Like, Ponyo's, like, Mizaki's version of The Little Mermaid. I haven't seen it, but I have <laughs> in my Blu-ray collection. But that's basically what it is. Like, his take on it. But with this, it's like, you know, it's like friendships pretty much. The way I see it from this film, I mean, the movie hasn't out yet. I think it's going to come out on June 18th on Disney+, Plus, so it'll be a free for sure. everybody. It'll be free, so you can stream it on Disney+, Plus if you have a subscription, so you don't have to pay the $30 to access it. So, but it looks like, um, the way it looks is one was like, almost like a summer story with your buddies, and it's like a friendship building, like friendship transcends whoever, how you might be, whatever background you come from, basically. And it looks wholesome. I mean, even, like, the picture you see here, like, the still from, like, the film, as you can see, look at it, he's just, like, a little kid, and you see he's got, like, scales, and there's, like, a gill and stuff. And that's kind of cool, they get to go on land and stuff, but the, the only thing is, they get splashed with water, and they show their, like, their true forms and stuff. So, it, it is really cool. So, that's something that, you know, interesting for your kids, especially with summer school and uh, summer and stuff, so it'll be a good film, a good wholesome film to check out, guys. When it does come out, and that's great how they're just gonna let it just be available on Disney Plus versus, you know, having to pay the $30. Because mm-hmm. I think right now, when it comes to, like, movies right now, there's not so much, like, 
movies coming out of the theaters right now because I think with the vaccine and stuff, it's something some time. It's just not profitable. Profitable to be releasing movies in the theaters right now. It's just not. It's just not. And these studios aren't stupid, <clears throat> so they're they're. I think we're gonna see more and more movies being put onto that platform for Disney Plus, which is a, a benefit for them because they need they need to spruce up their their catalog with newer content as opposed to only relying on the nostalgic factor. At least in regards to Disney Plus as a streaming platform, not necessarily in regards to what Netflix or Hulu or Amazon are doing because they've been doing a good mixture. And we're kind of seeing, not the decline in Netflix, but as far as them more solely investing a lot more into producing their own stuff and not spending exuberance around amount of money on licensing rights to certain titles. And as we see the rise of Peacock and, uh, and the plethora of other streaming services getting pushed out, um, that or what we saw a lot in the Super Bowl time, which was Paramount's. Paramount Plus. Yeah, so like, it's only bound to happen that there's gonna be more coming out, and we're gonna, like, I think with especially with all these coming out, all these separate platforms coming out, we're gonna see that we're gonna see cable companies probably divest their resources into what the near future would hold, and that's building up packages that are gonna include some 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 facet of these streaming platforms together. So people can only have one sole source for streaming. I mean, Roku does a good job of providing that hub for it, but mm-hmm. you're still, you know, you're still running into the the inconvenience of having to log in separately through all that. So I think that's the next line as far as these cable companies remaining relevant, um, because they can't only rely on catering to the I want to say the past generation or the people who still buy the premium packages just because they're, you know, I mean, sports, live sports is even on YouTube TV or Hulu. Like that's not an excuse anymore as mm-hmm. too far as to why you're still keeping, for instance, Comcast, Xfinity cable or at I mean, at and is still pretty decent, but if, and for example, that stuff. Um, so like, I, I, I think Disney plus putting that stuff on there is a way better move. Um, I don't like, I wouldn't like to see them charging a premium like they did with Mulan and all that stuff. I think they're just better off keeping it free and, and, and relying on the people signing up for memberships as opposed to only getting free trials and locking off because of the lack of content. It's like, um, like you're saying, like pretty much what uh, HBO Max did right now yeah. instead of like coming out the same day as theaters. Mm-hmm. Like their releases for one of our studios. A form of that, and I think that's smart because you're gonna get. In, you can still rely on on the grassroots marketing of sure of showing commercials on these major networks, but you also have the people who, for instance, they already have HBO Max, and maybe they were they were waiting to see a Tom and Jerry movie or some or a certain documentary coming out. Like, if they already have those people, they don't have to necessarily pay for the word of mouth marketing. People talk. If they say, like, dude, have you seen this show or have you seen this movie? Oh, I don't have HBO Max. And it's like, it's, you might as well just sign up, try it out, and you're going to end up liking it. Um, it's more cost effective for them, not necessarily for the consumer, depending on what else they have, what, what other things are to subscribe to. I just think that the subscription model is going to keep coming out. I mean, every day that I find a new product or something, and there's always a subscription built behind it. And as much as I don't like to see that because I don't, I want to test something out first before I do want to sign up every month for something. Like, if it's not entertainment, it could be for health-wise, food, um, 
like the subscription model works for certain things i just Mm -hmm. don't i i see it bleeding over and that's fine like you still have that choice of wanting to to pay for that product but for entertainment wise that's where i feel like that's it's in the near future and and with the rise of these platforms i think it's coming a lot faster than i thought it would be Mm -hmm. but uh, i mean you i don't i just don't I don't see it as a benefit for the consumer if it doesn't become something to where it does get packaged into a one neat little box, right? So, mm-hmm. for instance, if we're going to see a lot of these, <clears throat> excuse me, video game co- companies, maybe we could see Microsoft building some sort of all hub thing to where they keep they keep their subscribers as far as I pay for the game pass for instance maybe they'll throw in like a hey if you pay for the game pass you also have free I don't know like free Hulu on us or some shit like just how Disney Plus did that with their yeah I think it's like the same thing like with T-Mobile how they're doing right now they're doing the free Netflix thing for a year or something it's not really free they just they cover for the year yeah yeah they cover for the year and after that they just lump that onto your bill so it's not really that much of a difference but yeah it's like if we can see something like that where mm-hmm. they get partnerships i think that. yeah because i think you know when um playstation had <laughs> because remember when playstation went back and did like the they did that playstation tv mm-hmm. when they decided okay let's try going to television and have like look not only like local channels but offer that as well i mean it wasn't bad but the problem was what that was like was contracts were like providers at the same time it was only available in certain regions so you couldn't get anywhere else and that's why they decided to shell that service altogether because they couldn't compete with hulu tv they couldn't compete with because hulu started doing live tv or used to doing live tv now it's like because that's the what the way to just um this moves like the cable slowly moving to more like streaming and that's why too like this summer um sony announced a few months back that like starting this summer they're going to get rid of like buying shows and buying movies on playstation because mm-hmm. they're trying to focus more on the gaming aspect and honestly that makes sense i mean now that they allow for these services to be available streaming wise on their platform it's like they allow netflix they allow Crunchyroll, they allow funimation they allow hbo max and they allow like the pile out peacock on there as well so it's like there's like no point of them having compared to tv service as well and they allow hulu in there as well so it's like they, they want to focus more on the gaming aspect of it. So it's like, it's funny, like, seeing, like, now in this day and age, before, <laughs> back in the day, it was just Netflix. Mm-hmm. So they were the first ones to offer on-demand services. Before, they were just, you had to, like, they were only a DVD rental. They didn't have streaming. Streaming was, like, a thing not even developed yet. And remember the old Netflix, how it used to be? There was, like, you had to, like, go on this website... Yeah. And rent a movie, they'll mail it to you, then you have to mail it back. Which, for the most part, like, it, it kept it kept both the consumer and and uh, distributor honest by also kind of curating to your interests, which I think was a good way of making it some sort of a physical algorithm on what you like to see, and, and they're able to provide even... And then even while that was happening, they were already investing their money... Um, the original co-founder isn't there anymore, I don't believe, but he he was on a podcast that was a couple a, a couple months ago, and he talked about how even while that was happening, mm-hmm. he offered he offered Blockbuster a chance to buy Netflix. Yeah, or he no, I'm not sorry, not Blockbuster. He offered Disney a chance to buy Netflix back in the time when it wasn't worth 
the the twenty seven billion market rating that or like the value of it as it is now twenty six point something. But like back then, he he went up to you know he had a meeting with Disney for them to buy them because they were already developing their streaming platform while they were still running on the DVD model, and knowing that DVDs were going to be kind of put on the back burner because streaming was the next big thing mm-hmm. as far as utilizing the internet or technology, they passed on it and look what happened they ended up being becoming a I'm not going to say subsidiary but they became somewhat of a less less footnote of competition within that that space and, and netflix being the giant was able to not only impact the culture but impact just the way we consume entertainment i mean binging like entertainment binging wasn't a thing it couldn't be a thing without netflix so like yeah I, you could say incredible. like to me i could i could i kind of credit netflix being the pioneer of streaming oh yeah as Here far it, as that goes yeah. just think about it if we weren't for netflix you wouldn't have these services no there wouldn't be yeah there wouldn't be a lot of these companies curtailing honestly if streaming didn't become just as big as netflix it may have been who knows we probably still have blockbuster we still have family video we still have those like video rental places available when it involved the Blu-ray. I mean, it's the same thing when we had the format wars. Where, you know, HD, DVD, and Sony came up with the Blu-ray. But remember, Sony patented the Blu-ray. People don't realize that. Sony patented the Blu-ray. Then eventually, they pretty much... I think I don't know if they still get a commission on it. But first, they patented it first. Because they're the ones who developed the technology first. The whole concept. And it held. That's what it is. Blu-ray pretty much held more storage than a DVD. The sound quality was not compressed. The video quality was better, was sharper, was clearer. And the players at that time were expensive, so that's why PS3 sold more than, than of course, um, you know, the competitors. Because at that time, Sony had the Blu-ray players, and they had, like, the whole system patented at first, before they decided to share with everybody else. At first, they owned the patent for a couple, I think they, they owned it for a few years until the PlayStation 3 was out. And then they, they let the patent expire, and then everybody else started doing it. Mm-hmm. And... But that they tried to they try to counter it with HD DVD to the point when when we had the 360 at the time they were offering HD DVD player and of course that didn't catch on people tend then Blu-ray won that format war but like I said going back to the streaming that's another thing too we wouldn't have Blu-ray and Blu-ray still it's still utilized especially like Blu-ray is a good thing to have because it's a good thing to have a backup in case your internet goes out yeah and same thing with DVDs a lot of these things still play DVDs so it's like it's good to have a backup as well because in case something happens. It's like, what happens if one day your internet goes down for a while and you're left with just like... Yeah, sometimes you'd be surprised on how fast you reach for those comfortable movies that you like to watch growing up and it happens to be only on the physical copy or or even we'll say like as far as video games go, like, yeah, there's digital things, but what happens if you want to play the original Mario on the Super Nintendo or like one of those, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play on the Switch, it's convenient, but sometimes it's just the feel of the certain controller or the way it was originally presented on a CCTV. It's just kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, that It's just like, it's hard to beat that nostalgic factor. So with DVDs kind of being a thing, like a, a, a majority of people built their collections originally on DVDs, so it's kind of tough to want to get digital formatted ones to convert it onto, onto like your mobile device or your computer 
where that even that can get swapped out later down the road, right? So no, because then now it's, it's I mean crazy. you should be surprised that people still collect retro games. Like retro game collections is still a thing. A lot of people do that just for the sake of you know childhood, but the same thing just to have that nostalgia figure to it. Yeah, I, like I saw this one. There's this guys that call themselves the game chasers. You can find them on YouTube, and that's all they do. They go around and find games, like find vintage games that you buy out of print that you can't find anymore. It's to the point that there's still people that still make games for the NES and the Genesis. It's simple, easy. Just using the Raspberry Pi and just make the chips for it, and just get somebody to make the print a cartridge shell. There's still people that do that. They still make like NES, Super NES versions of it. As long as your system's working fine, then you got the RetroCom systems as well. You got those retro player systems as well, or emulators. But I think the most safest route is just to get the, like with those RetroCom players and get the disc. And I think it's all about the searching too. Yeah, it's all about the thrill of the quest, basically, as you say. And it's like the same thing here with streaming wise. I mean, streaming is convenient, but sometimes it's not everything is available to stream. That's why it's good to have like a physical copy or something backup that you know for a fact that's not available to stream anywhere. I mean. It's good to have that. So there's some some upsides to just streaming in general. As for me, for like to me, it's like you know, coming back to Crunchyroll. Like back then, there wasn't that many streaming sites for anime in general. Netflix didn't have anime that much at that time, and anime was back then when Netflix started with streaming and there wasn't much anime on there. Anime didn't take off until these guys, you know, from the West Coast decided to stream some stuff on the Crunchyroll and. There's a point they got crowdfunded to the point they were able to buy licenses from actual studios to stream the next day or the week after it was available. Because there wasn't that much of an outlet to anime until, you know, until it became more and more popular here. Um, There's a really good podcast I do recommend, guys. It's a cultural run podcast. I think it's like six or eight episodes. It's called Anime America. It's really well done and they break down how anime became solely popular and they do like different topics and how eventually it grew into a more popular genre now which is still like now it's popular because right now later this week my hero academia season five is going to kick off the spring season because right now we're slowly ending the anime winter season right now and starting to sing and i'm looking forward to my hero academia because honestly that's becoming more and more well known because when people today see anime and think of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, but I think now when people see My Hero Academia, because you can't go anywhere without seeing a My Hero Academia poster or t-shirts, even in a Target. And he's older, slowly starting to accept it more, product-wise. And you can see a lot of like Japanese company-made like items available now here in the West as well. Never thought. But I think to, to do that, the Crunchyroll bringing these shows, it's becoming more and more, like, you can get anime. Now it led to Funimation, or Funimation, they've been around for a long time, too, because they've been around since the 90s, because there were very, very few things were able to, because they were able to help with the dubbing and localization of anime. And you can only get, like, DVDs from them, or or VHS from them. And then eventually they just started to do their streaming as well, and they do their good relationships with a lot of the anime studios. They were able to bring content over, and, of course, which led to Sony... Buying them out, buying well, buying a majority share because the um, one the CEO still holds like a five percent. One of the founders still holds like a five percent share of it, but it's only that because Sony owns a lot of like anime studios in Japan, um, and they would bring some of the products over here. Mm-hmm. Now with them buying Crunchyroll, even though the sale is still not finalized yet, they're still operating you know as normal until the the sale goes through because it has to take some time when it comes to these like mergers. 
it takes time. But right now they're both operating, you know, separately. You can still access both sites. And eventually one of them's going to shut... The uh, uh, is probably going to be absorbed into Funimation. And we'll see what's going to happen now. Because that's cool. Because now, not only do they get access to more content that Crunchyroll has, they get to reach a bigger audience. So that, that's good. Because like I said, with anime growing in popularity here in the West, and of course manga being more and more prominent in bookstores like Barnes & Noble and stuff, it's like... People are getting into it more now. It's like with me, I just got into my anime list and now I'm like documenting what anime I'm watching and people can see it and see what animes I give and what ratings I give them. But it's kind of cool because it's like something I can actually share if I really enjoy the anime or if I did not join the anime based on my rating. It helps me keep track too because what's kind of like about my anime list is like it keeps track of what I'm watching and lets me know what the new episode's out. And it's good to document it too as well. And you can find out when the new anime is coming out and stuff. And like I said, believe me, that's the one anime right now I'm looking forward to is like My Hero Academia Season 5. And I just got a, a couple of the new mangas out right now, which is like the spinoff Vigilantes 9, which is really good, guys. Definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, it's really well written. It's like a spinoff. It's, it's somewhat of a prequel to My Hero Academia. You get to see more of the teachers, the pro heroes in that manga as well but also too it focused on other characters that normally don't have the hero license and they have to, but they still want to help people and then of course um they got the new one my hero academia hero team up missions which is pretty cool as well because um it's another spinoff that just got released here in the west got published by Media, and it's also a spinoff in itself where it shows like um this class 1a working with pro heroes that you normally don't see in the main works or you get to see them develop as well. So this is another thing I'm looking forward to reading as well. And like I said, I'm looking forward to season five of My Hero Academia because based on the trailer and stuff for the last few months, um, it's it's something that definitely you guys, if you have not read the manga, definitely pick it up. Or if you haven't seen the anime, you got time to catch up on all four seasons. I mean the films are really good as well. They're not really somewhat canon, so definitely watch the film still. In general, they're really good as well. Um, because I know they're doing a third film coming out this summer in Japan. So far, it's dubbed The Three Musketeers, but that's the working title right now. Based on the poster they release of, um, Todoroki, Bakugo, and Midoriya. Mm-hmm. It's just a teaser poster of three of them wearing these uniforms, but they're dubbing it The Three Musketeers right now. So I don't know if that's the working title right now, but... So yeah, so definitely check out My Hero Academia. It's streaming on Crunchyroll, Funimation, Hulu right now for your enjoyment. Um, the one thing I did see, I was watching Hulu yesterday, so I was watching some of the stuff on Fox, and, uh, one thing I did see, um, that kind of was kind of weird, was, for the 700 Simpsons episode, um, they decided to do a flashback episode of how, why Todd's, like, ornament thing is on their, they decided to do a Christmas episode, in March! <laughs> So, let me pull up the synopsis because, to me, it was weird. Which ties to the article that I just saw right now regarding The Simpsons, but I do want to talk about the episode first before we talk about that. Like, guys, this is like a news-centric like episode right now. And this is literally the AV Club. They just put the article. It says here, The Simpsons 700 episode reminds us why the AV Club doesn't cover The Simpsons anymore. This is about avclub.com. So pretty much what they did was, it's called Major Things. 
I don't know, it's a play on Stranger Things, probably. Um, basically, this is 700 episodes, so they had a couch gag um, animated by, oh, I forgot the guy's name, Bill Plimpton, I think it was. Did animation for the couch gag. Um, basically, um, pretty much what they did was, they did a flashback. But it's funny because um, it flashed back when Homer and Marge were younger. But the way they made it, like, the story takes place six years ago. And it's funny because they have internet still. And they said, it's a time where, what year was this? It's like, oh, it's probably the year where Tom Brady won a Super Bowl or something. It's like, so basically, instead of going all the way back, because we've seen Marge and Homer meet, like, in the 70s. And supposedly they had um, Bart in the 80s or something. And now, and they had the, and Homer had that grunge phase in the 90s. Now it's like they decided to go back six years. So it was still weird because they had computers and stuff still, and <laughs> widescreen TVs. But it talks about the whole um, Homer and Marge. It, like, Marge tells Homer not to, like, get drunk at the company party. So they end up going. Homer gets drunk by accident. And he ends up staying at, um, at the Flanders house. So you get to see Maude again. And, of course, at that time, Maude is um, pregnant with Todd. And then Marge doesn't want Homer to come back. And, and Grandpa's living with them temporarily. And she says he's living with them. And pretty much Homer trying his best graces, trying to get himself, get his life together, try to go back with Marge and stuff. At the same time, having to stay with the Flanders. Mm-hmm. Of course, Flanders being the nicer person. And, of course, Homer ends up squatting in the attic and starts hearing all the stuff that Marge was saying about him. And pretty much tries to... Buried himself to the point. He ends up uh, pretty much helping. Pretty much Maud deliver Todd. And supposedly we find out. I mean, I don't want to give it too much of an episode, but it was alright. It was decent. And just find out how to get like, the writers get tired of flashing back all the way to a long time period. And so I just stayed you back six years. And a lot of people are saying it doesn't make sense because there's some continuity. It's like Lisa and Bart are younger. And I thought Todd was supposed to be the same age as Lisa. Was supposed to be older than Lisa because if you remember Lisa's first word, Todd was already born. So there's like the continuity error right there. Yeah, that's weird. So that's one thing that people are blasting it as well. But it was a good well, episode. But I mean, the show's been so long for so many years they can do whatever they want. The kids stay the same age. Well, that that and it's just but it's also very. And that's the problem is that that's why The Simpsons gets that rep it does because it's just been so out so out for so long that they can they can get away with something like that. And I, yes, I get it. It's not you can do a lot with the characters when they don't age, but it also makes it seem a little lazy coming from this team, considering how long they've been around and they don't necessarily need the money per se. But it's just like I don't like there, there's there's a whole team of people and they couldn't catch that. I don't know. But overall, it was a, it was an okay episode. I mean, it, it was all right. I mean, it was an okay episode. I mean, I'm not denying the fact that writers did what they could, but it's just the co-cotton New Year's, if you remember, if you watched this episode for a long time. Yeah. So it's just seen that. And then I just seen something about Matt Greening. He did mention something with the whole, like now, um, what Matt Greening said now, I guess I talked to him recently, you know, with the whole cast, recasting of characters and stuff. Um... There's an article that talks about how they recast some of the characters. They got Alex Desdoon Carl. They got um, 
Karen Michael Richardson doing the voice of Dr. Hibbert now. And he's become a feature player in The Simpsons now, so that's kind of cool. But I found him migrating, and he even says, I'm proud of a, of a poo. But he says here, it says, fans can't expect a holiday. How they get probably not the only tardy arrival in this dull of a year to anime content episode. Um, let me see here. What the heck? Let me do this. And he also discussed that cartoon's past and also about and how the decision to have white actors stop voicing non-white characters. Um, it's like a good article about it, but ugh, these freaking ads, man, what the heck. Let's see, I know he talked about something about poo, but let me look it up here. See, after Christmas Hanks here, a white actor who plays many Simpsons characters in the voice of Indian quick tomorrow, this is what they ask him. It's a question, eh? It's a USA Today. Operator Apu Nasapia Pentalon anymore. What happens to the characters? His green says, We got plans for Apu, but we, we'll see if we can make the stories work. It says, Do you have an actor to voice him? He says, No, we're working on some kind of ambitious. That's all I can say. So they probably are trying to find somebody. Mm. But they're trying to find a way to make it work, you know? Because right now he's just a background character right now. And it says here, there's also been a criticism that Pooh's a stereotype. Why do you change the nature of Pooh's character's stories? And this is what Matt Green says. It says, I think that Pooh's stories are fantastic. He's one of the most nuanced characters on the silly two-dimensional cartoon show. So yeah, I'm proud of Pooh. I'm trying not to open up another chasm of criticism, but it doesn't matter what I say. I'll get it anyway. Mm. It says, last year, Simpsons announced it will no longer have any white actors voice now my characters. Were you part of the decision? Do you agree with it? Man, I can't even see this with freaking articles, man. Freaking USA Today. What the freak? There's no way I can close this thing. Oh, here's a good one. It says, 2018, you talk about culture, people take offense. Any more thoughts on that? Here's a good one. It says, I have to have this word just carefully. I think audiences are smarter than the posse gives them credit for. And people can handle nuance except for the ones who can't handle nuance. And then there's that phrase, something them, something them that they can't take a joke. says here, do you have any other projects planned with Disney? Because, of course, now they're under the umbrella. It says, we have a lot of fun doing that Maggie Shore play with Destiny, so we're preparing to actually before streaming on Disney+. Plus. So we're doing we're doing more. I don't know what form it's going to take, but we're doing a lot of extra things for Disney+. Plus. I mean, he does have points. Like, when they did the show three years ago, they hired actors who could do multiple voices. So I wouldn't be surprised they, when these actors were given the character sheets, they had to come up with a way to the characters, you know? I mean, like it was Hank Azir's decision to step down for doing a poo because he, he knew, he understand. But to me, I think a poo still, well, to me, I think a poo still one of the most popular characters in The Simpsons, but don't get me wrong, he's always been there for Homer and stuff and always, they've always been there to help him when he's in a pinch. But so I'm looking forward to see, hopefully they do get an Indian actor to portray him in the, you know, it works because I know a lot of shows are starting to do that when it comes to like trying to get more people of color to voice these roles. Which just makes sense. How to diversify the roles, as well. I mean, I'm seeing more and more like people of color now voicing anime dubbing now as well. Like Zeno Robinson, African American, won the Best English Voice Actor Award for his portrayal of Hawks in My Hero Academia, and he's done a lot of good animes as well. I think he's in a bunch of them right now that he got announced to do some dub work. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But it's like it's the same with Simpsons. I mean, they've been along for seven. Now they've been the 700 episodes. Yeah. And basically, that's a long time for an animated sitcom. 
And it, he says it. It, does, it makes sense, but it's like... Yeah, they got a, like they have a team of writers, and they're trying to make do their best, and they're trying to same time poke fun at what's going on right now. So it's, we got to see that as well. Um, but like I said, I'm looking forward to see what the Simpsons have planned over. They got renewed for two more seasons, so yeah, we'll see what happens to them. I mean, honestly, One Piece beat their butt still. <laughs> they have time to kind of yeah fine tune that, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe maybe try to find some new fans or the ones they are entertained because I don't know I haven't seen the Simpsons since the movie and I don't plan on watching them again or like really seeking out but yeah, like I'd rather just watch the old episodes just because the, the it definitely has changed throughout the years but I don't know I just think that I was just one of those people where I was perfectly fine with the movie being a good not a send off but maybe it was just kind of the an end to an era of where else they could possibly go after making a movie. Mm-hmm. Like if they make a second one, that'd be cool. But I just don't. I don't. I, I don't know. It's like it's. I guess it's the same reason why Family Guy is still going, but it doesn't like nobody really watches it as much as it was in its heyday. So I think, but like they're not the only ones that go through this. Like there's a lot of TV shows that need that suffer from this because of its longevity. It could also be a stunt on creativity because they they have to reach for low hanging fruit and still stay moderately relevant throughout the timing, the times, and, and how culture and, and society changes. So I just don't think it helps that it's on Fox still. Like if they were to upload newer episodes, maybe on Disney Plus, it'd be great. But no, I mean Family Guy. I'll say more like Hulu because I mean with Disney Plus. Yeah. I mean, lucky we got the Simpsons on Disney Plus, but with that, I see more Family Guy being more relegated to like to more the Hulu and the aspect of it. To me, on one show that obviously that I still right now, Boss Burgers already is eleven seasons. <laughs> that yeah. show is awesome. <laughs> I think that's already eleven seasons. That show is great. It's great. I know they're playing for a movie, and I know it get pushed back. So hopefully, I, I can't wait for that movie. I'm just curious to see how they're going to do it. Because if you know, it's like every episode of Boss Burgers where you're singing a song. So it'd be kind of cool if the writers decided to make like a musical almost. It'd be kind of cool. Because I think they're doing that right now with the writers are doing like the Central Park thing it's called on Apple TV. It's more like a musical in aspect. And then of course they got the new show called The Great North as well. So they're like those are by the producers of Bob's Burgers. It's the same animation style. But it's kind of cool because they get to expand on different things. Mm-hmm. I like they take it they focus on different places like great north obviously in alaska but it's kind of cool because people have probably never been to alaska and never been to the up north and see how it is and bob's burgers i don't know where that takes place in but <laughs> but it's still an interesting thing like the last episode i saw was last this past sunday's episode um was i guess um the kids got in trouble and they gotta go to detention they got in detention i go parent and then bob and linda going to a parent teacher conference and letting Linda zoom this fun run and she, just, she ends up getting uh she had to go to the restroom and she said by the park the restrooms were locked and she could hold it. She ends up defecating in the bush and she gets caught by the police. <laughs> just she's arrested for public defecation and she has to pay a fine or something. But of course, she never wallet on her. It's all a whole struggle. Bob trying to keep it in because she calls Bob to see to get the money. Of course, he has to do with shit too. But that show's hilarious and I like when they do like the, the they do their own gags with the exterminator and the store next door always changing and then like I said, it, that show is still 
going on and it's crazy how they're doing it right now with the pandemic and stuff like most of the actors have to like do it through a zoom thing record a voice work and everything especially with covid right now so they can't be on the city at the same time so that's another show that's still going on going strong can't wait to see what they got planned for next but the last last week's episode was really good though, guys this is a really good episode definitely check it out um hard dad do you have anything else you want to say beagle did you find anything interesting today no, or any entry shows that you saw this past weekend no, I I haven't really watched. I didn't really watch any shows last week. Um, I've just been watching Shark Tank Australia. Um, <laughs> Shark Tank Australia, which is I think is a superb, the superb, uh, guess I would say, spin off of the Shark Tank America, which is also spin off of Dragons Den originally from the UK. But um, hmm. it, it's 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 saying it's on YouTube. If you guys want to check it out, they. They have a good amount of clips to follow, and they're all relatively long. So it's nice that they, compared to Shark Tank, the U.S. version, they're able. You can get a good amount of of you can get a rabbit hole on YouTube with that. But um, no, I did want to talk about because there's been a reporting about GameStop stock, uh, which was published today earlier today at around four. I'm looking at MarketWatch.com, and there the headline reads: GameStop stock swings lower after earnings. So for all you people out there who invested in the Game Stocks, uh, the GameStop stock stock swing earlier this year, with uh, um, which I know a lot of people did invest because of its soaring numbers and its and uh, the the social media taking a big influence into that. But it says GameStop's corpse stock fell in the extended session Tuesday as a video game retailer at the center of the so-called meme stock phenomenon. So it has laid the groundwork for its transformation and reported lower than expected adjusted fourth quarter earnings and sales. So right now, the GameStop share dropped a, a negative 6.55%, which initially rose back more than 8% after the report, but sank soon after and were last down 11%. The retailer said it earned $80.5 million, or $1.19 a share, in the quarter compared with the earnings of $0.32 cents a share in a year-ago quarter. So adjusted for one item, one-time items, GameStop earned ninety point seven million dollars, or a dollar thirty-four cents a share, compared with its a dollar and twenty-seven cents a share just a year ago. So sales within them, it already fell to two point twelve billion compared with to the two dollars and nine two point nineteen billion in the fiscal two thousand nineteen fourth quarter year, reflecting store closures related to the pandemic that the company has stated. Analysts from FactSet expected the video game retailer to report adjusted earning an adjusted earnings of $1.35 a share on sales of $2.21 billion. Um, however, within this quarter, GameStop has reported that same-store sales rose 6.5%, with its online sales rising 175% for the quarter and 191% for the fiscal year of 2020. Um, the company said it has strengthened its balance sheet and ended the year with $635 million in cash, laying the foundation for its uh, transformation. So in separate press release, GameStop also said that it has appointed Jenna Owens as the chief operating officer with the start date of Monday, March 29th, so closer to the end of this month. Um, Owens was formerly a director and distribution manager for Amazon.com. Mm. Um, the company also named Nada Pacifico, who was an, ex- an executive at Chewy Inc., which is a, uh, I guess you could say they aggregate a lot of pet products. Oh yeah, because they do like that. Yeah, yeah. It's- I don't know. If it's, I think it's more like a. Well, it's like the Amazon book for pet foods. So yeah, because if you buy like a certain amount, yeah. you, they give you like free shipping. They give you good deals. Yeah. So it says mm-hmm. um, it, they were now uh, Native Pacifico has been named the senior vice president of e-commerce, and that and that person also starts on Monday. 
So Chewy co-founder Ryan Cohen and two of his allies joined GameStop's board earlier this year, leading to hopes he's direct. They direct an overhaul. So this GameStop stock is often cited as one of the meme stocks that have skyrocketed in the recent months, thanks to its frenzy boost from Reddit comments and social media posts. So, although it's it's the the shares of GameStop have gained more than eight hundred percent in the past three months compared with the gains of around seven percent for the S and P five hundred index, which is also down point seventy six percent. Which um, I'm I'm not. I'm not giving anyone financial advice, but right now the stock market is not looking good. Um, I don't know how much you know about stocks, but it's going to crash fairly quickly w- within this next <laughs> week or so. So it's 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 a very volatile time, despite what people tell you or what you see or where you research. Um, obviously, I'm not giving financial advice. Please do your research and make your own financial decisions. Um, so just... Research, research, educate, and try to understand what it means to really invest your money in the stock market, and just do your research. Uh, don't take advice from just anyone. Just mm-hmm. you have to make your own decision at the end of the day. So it's inter- It's an interesting time, um, considering that GameStop and AMC were the two ones, two uh, companies that their stocks were rising a lot during this the the meme influence we'll say, <laughs> during from market from Wall Street bets and on the subreddit that's on Reddit.com. So that's that's all I want to talk about, just because a lot of people did invest in that. Um, mm-hmm. But I particularly don't, because a lot of the news coming out right now is very negative. We have some more shootings happening in the past couple of days. One thing I do want to address, guys, really this, tough. but it's like tough time right now. It's like everybody's hurting everybody now. It's like it's like honestly, guys, we don't tolerate any racism at all. Yeah, we do not tolerate. I feel for the victims of the shootings in Atlanta and San Francisco right now because. Especially the Asian community now being targeted as well, which is Asian Americans, like Pacific Islanders as well, because we have, we knew people of Asian descent and they're really cool and everything. It's like, come on. It's like, and honestly, when I heard, when I, I read about it and people were talking about it on Reddit or they were like talking on Facebook about it, it's like, I started seeing, you know, the hashtags and stuff, a lot of companies going behind it as well. It's like, it's like, it, to me, it's upsetting. Like people... You know, of that uh, different ethnicities getting different ethnicities getting targeted. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. It's like the one thing. Why can't we all get along? You know. But honestly, we do not tolerate this behavior at all. Because to me, guys, come on. We've been through so many events this year, and last year now, we're still in a pandemic, guys. It's only been three months into the year. It's been three months into this year. And this is going on. I'm sorry for being serious, but this is like, it's to me, it's got to stop. got to stop the hate, guys. We got to work together. We got to become strong. Help each other. Learn about each other. Educate. You know, who knows? You'll find common ground. Break the prejudice. You know? We're all, one thing we all have in common, we're all American. Think about that. We're all American. Okay? We all have to work together. We all have to overcome. Yeah, it's, you know, to me it's ridiculous. But, like I said, it's all about education, you know? Educate yourself. Work together. 
Support your friends. Support communities. You know, learn about it. And I feel for those victims of those shootings. I feel for the Asian American community, the surrounding community. I've, I, we have friends in the community. And it pains me that they're being targeted too. It pains me. I mean, we get targeted. You know, we're Hispanic, but we get targeted as well. African Americans, we got friends that are African Americans. They get targeted as well. It's like, we're targeting each other. It's like, honestly, guys, it's got to stop. We got to work together. One thing, like I said, we're all American. We got to work together, educate ourselves, support communities, and stop the hate. We got to show the new generation that we can all get along. I'm getting political here, but yeah. That's one thing, too, that I noticed this weekend. That a lot of podcasts are showing, and I do want to big props to um, Cindy, who's our good friend. She's from the Welcome to the Neighborhood podcast, and she put us on Twitter as one of our... When she, um, added us on Twitter about standing against the hate, and we are standing against hate. We hate all forms of racism. We hate it. We do not tolerate it on this podcast as well. We do not tolerate any speech or whatsoever kind of this podcast. We're open to any community whatsoever. So I just want to get it out there, guys. But like I said, we got to work together, stop the hate, you know, overcome. All right? The one thing I do want to share on a letter note. Who knows how much Disney wants to make money off the Mandalorian? (laughs) Bailey now with Baby Yoda no longer being called Baby Yoga or the child. He's Grogu now. And they decide, you know how, remember Baby Alive? How they used to have like the Baby Alive thing? Then with the moving eyes, you can feed it and stuff. Now they decide, Disney decided to work with, um, Disney decides to do a snacking Grogu. So now you can give Grogu, apparently. It's called the Galactic Snacking Grogu Animatronic Figurine figure. And supposedly, and it says it's the first time they're actually calling it Grogu. Without saying Baby Yoda. Apparently, this article is from comic.com, written by Sean Fallon, and pretty much states here. It says here, Galactic Snacking Grogu comes with four accessories that will activate animations and eating yummy or yucky sound effects when placed in his hands. These accessories include a bowl with tentacles, a blue macaroon cookie, a shifter knob, and a spoon. Patting Grogu's head three times will also activate a two-handed force animation. Additional images in a video with toy action are available in the gallery below. It says there are pre-orders for... It's by Hasbro, apparently. For... Pre-orders for Hasbro, Star Wars, Galactic Snack, and Grogu are available here on Amazon, also at Walmart and, and Entertainment Earth for, wow, $79.99? Woo! $79.99? Woo! No, it, that won't be released until December, so it's pretty clear Hasbro's position is Baby Yoda toy as a big holiday gift for 2021. Okay, so it's not coming out December, so, yeah, so, yeah, kids, if you want to... Snacking Grogu animatronic figure. Definitely definitely put on your Christmas shopping list or pre-order right now so that way you can guarantee you get it for Christmas. And looking at this still right now, oh my god, it's creepy. It's got the big eyes. Oh <laughs> I mean I love Grogu, but I mean man, the detail on it, and then you can stick the macaroon in his hands. I guess it's got like a magnet or something, but it's like it looks interesting. That's all I can say. And, like I said, with the Mandalorian stuff, of course, you know, how much they can get because 
we won't know when season three comes out Mandalorian. I know they're doing the um, the Book of Boba Fett too as well. So, I mean, they're trying to milk as much as they can with Star Wars, <laughs> especially with Grogu. But like I said, it's the first time they're actually um, doing it as Grogu and, you know, getting it out there. So, very interesting. Yeah, seventy nine ninety nine for Grogu. <laughs> That's how much the figurine is. Yeah. Where do they sell it? Well, apparently they're going to sell it. Like, right now you can pre-order it, like, on Walmart or Amazon right now. Oh. But they're saying right now it's not going to come out until, like, December. But it's the first time it's saying Grogu. It's, it's called Galactic, Galactic Snacking Grogu. It's supposed oh. to come with... I was reading right now. So you get the shifter knob. So it's got the little round shifter knob, the macaroon. I guess a bowl with uh, mm-hmm. the tentacles. And I guess it's supposed to... When you put it near its mouth... So it's animatronics and put it near his mouth. It's either going to say yucky or yummy noises or something. Oh, that's adorable. But look, I don't know. It looks kind of creepy the way it looks. Well, you said it's the thing it's eating it. Look, it's a, look at the picture. Look at the still. Oh, they only have stills. They don't actually have it. Still. Well, there's a video of it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Gross. Right. Here, let me, look, let me look for the video. Hold on. Oh, it looks so sad. That's actually kind of cool. Oh, shit. Let's see if I can find a video for it. Mm-hmm. Little frog legs. So gross. I never liked Look at it. Thing. See? They're the same with the shifter knob. Oh. I guess he does like the force thing or something. Look at Remember the bull with the tentacles? That too. So you get that also. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be like... Because you know, ever since they came out with that animatronic from last year. So you see they got like the product still. So you see the little girl giving you the Grogu the thing. So... Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's like Disney trying to pretty much market more off of them and stuff. No, I mean it's it's when the when the show's not on for like six or seven more months, so they have to they gotta make their money somehow. And they, oh, they found that little bastard to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is really weird. But you found it. You found a listing for it. No, I was actually looking at the curry synthesizer thing. Sorry, I'm like dance is from Japan. Oh, shit. Honestly, guys, the best products you can get are to Japan. You can get like pretty much anything with any Nintendo characters and stuff from Japan. And then speaking of Japan, I do want to give like my anime recommendation yeah. for this week, especially with this show or second season ending this week. I think it is. I think they're only doing eleven episodes. I don't know if they're going to do a second tier of it, but I already saw this show. I actually rewatched this whole show. I think it took me like a few days to rewatch it, all 24 episodes, before I watched the current season. It's called Dr. Stone. Um, it's based... Dr. Stone, pretty much, it's... Uh, it is based on a manga. It's the sources of the manga. It's by Boshi and... Um, the artist's name. Let's see if I can find the, the writer's name on here. But um, the writer also did created... The writer of Dr. Stone was also the creator of Ice Shield 21, which is the football American football manga. So he wrote that as well. But basically what the synopsis... This is from my anime list. So this is where I'm pulling the synopsis from. The studio's by TMS Entertainment. Right now it's currently holding a score of 8.33 on my anime list. I gave it a 9 out of 10. So basically the whole synopsis is after five years of harboring unspoken feelings, high schooler Taiju Oki is finally ready to confess his love to Yuzoriha Ogawa, just when Taiju begins his confession, however, a blinding green light strikes the earth and petrifies mankind around the world, turning every single human to stone. Several millennia later, Taiju awakens to find the modern world completely non-existent as nature has flourished in the years from humanity still. 
Among the stone world statues, Taiju encounters one other living human, his science-loving friend, Senku. It has been active for a few months. Taiju learns that Senku has developed a grand scheme to launch the complete revival of civilization with science. Taiju's brawn and Senku's brains continues combine to forge a formidable partnership as it is soon uncover a method to revive those petrified. However, Senku's master plans run when his ideologies are challenged by those who awaken. All the while, the reason for mankind's specification remains unknown. So it's a really good show. It's basically one of those what if. So what if the whole world turned to stone? You're basically in stone for like thousands and thousands of years. And it's kind of cool because it's science. You get to learn. It's like a manga. It's based on a manga, so you get to learn science. Basically how things were made. To the simplest materials, basically. What they can find in nature, so... It's really good episodes, like 24 episodes along. I mean, you can watch the sub. Dubs actually wasn't that bad. I actually enjoyed the dub. Like, I like Senku's actor. Voice actor's really kind of good. Um, the second season's not bad. It's called Stone Wars, but it shows how they build, like, certain things. Like, there was one episode how they build a light bulb. How they build a light bulb. And then Senku's whole grand scheme of trying to build a cell phone. Of, like, everyday materials and stuff. So, nature materials. So, it's really interesting. And they go into detail what each chemical is as well. So it's educational, but at the same time, it's not bad. I mean, the art style is really interesting. Um, the manga, I heard it's like, I hear people praise the manga itself. Like I said, it's the same writer who did Ice Shield 21, and that was a popular manga as well when it comes to sports. I think I barely started watching that anime, and I didn't realize it was the same writer. So this was his second work. He's, he's, he's done other works, but this is his second work that got adapted into an anime. So definitely guys recommend Dr. Stone. It's currently on Crunchyroll. If you're watching the sub, also watch check out Season 2 as well, Stone Wars, because it's a sequel to it. Also check out Dr. Stone if you want to watch it in dub on Funimation. Or you can check it out on Hulu if it's available. So that's my anime recommendation for the week. So anything else you want to add, Biko, before we wrap up for the week? Um, god damn it. Like I said, we had a lot of negative shit going on in the world, like as always. I feel like I woke up with... One shooting happened, then another one happened. So, like, I know you touched on racism being a thing, which is still, for some stupid-ass reason, a thing in modern society. But, um... Mm -hmm. I want to remind people that you need to treat others with respect, even if you don't understand where they're coming from. Or even if they don't live the same type of lifestyle that you may not accept or understand. So whatever you do, I just don't feel like the best I, the best decisions to make have to result in violence. Um, very much senseless violence. And unfortunately, it seems to be something that in the United States is something that becomes glamorized because of the media giving it so much attention. I know we do need to give attention to these things, but it seems to be that the victims get maybe a day of actual, like, some sort of semblance of spotlight, and then Mm -hmm. it goes back to something else, the killer or the victim or the next thing Mm -hmm. that gets pulled away. Um, And then it gets pushed into the political i want to say arena of what we should do and it never seems to be resolved it's more or less just only sits in the talking stage and yeah and then of course and then it should never gets addressed yeah um and of course and then they send a thing about joe biden tripping on the stairs going up right the like 
Like, honestly, guys, that's news, guys. A guy tripping over stairs, come on. Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the, the gifts are in the little little videos that people were making are fucking great. But Especially the, the Mark. Time, it's just kind of like... It was, to me, when I saw that, like, this is the Mark Kart one was kind of funny, too. Oh, that was hilarious. Um, but still, it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> and we have to use that. Yeah, like, if it wasn't for if it wasn't on Trump and now it's on Biden, then that's fine. But, like, it just sucks that we keep these things continuously happen. And we still shed light as much as we don't want to politicize things. Like it happens to be something that just never gets addressed. So I just think that like we're starting off another decade with these things becoming uh, an issue that's never going to take get taken care of. And, mm-hmm. and we're still holding on to these old ideologies that think that has that for some reason has to reach violent means or endings and it doesn't like yeah i i I read that there biden wants to take some executive action on on putting some more regulations on gun control and then we already have a lot of um gun toting people or of course which is it's it's your within your rights okay i understand that but it's just kind of like they hate when they bring an executive order but when you ask them okay well what's your solution for these things it's never nothing's ever brought up so yeah it's kind of like it's complaining about something but not offering a solution or some sort of compromise on on limiting these things. It's because one side doesn't want to hear it. Right, and that's but that goes both sides of the aisle. So mm-hmm. like it's 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 unfortunate that we we always reach these stalemates that don't need to be stalemates in the first place. It's just a lot of people that don't want to see progression. They just rather keep it to the old Anglo-Saxon way of doing mm. things in this world, which is just—it's so outdated and wrong. Honestly, the whole, honestly, the, the whole concept is just outdated. Honestly, they need to revamp that whole thing. In it's general. like expired milk, dude. You just got to throw it out. No, what you, you need to do milk. is go back to the constitution and, and just like redo milk. it. <laughs> stop drinking cow's milk. Like it's already bad for you. So, but like here we are. Oh, I can't say that. Sorry, dairy industry. But uh, no, like. Hey, I love me my cheese, okay? Look, hey, I get it. Cheese is a big thing. It's fucking <laughs> yes. delicious and it looks, it's it's pleasing. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But at the same time, please, please, like, just, just have some more respect for one another yeah. and just appreciate other people's uh, ways of seeing the world or just ways of being that necess- don't necessarily reflect on you which think about it, we're like the only country that where these other like our nationalists get to celebrate their customs a little bit yeah it's kind they're of more amazing. like free because honestly it's more pleasing they're willing to share with us versus going somewhere else where they don't allow that you don't have to go too far no chipotle isn't from america right it was made here but that food isn't from america it was inspired it was right like i took one trip to mexico and was like oh i know what to fucking do now so it's like hey dude i like at the end of the day, just appreciate that that we have a country that is filled with different types of cultures and ethnicities, and it make, that's what makes it that's what makes it great. Yeah. Not not hate and not just mm-hmm. one one viewpoint or one way of living that is just constricting. At the end of the day, and it doesn't. It's it pulls. That's to be like inclusive. what um. That's what like Japan was doing with the whole like thing where, the whole thing that the Japanese government signed the thing where they want to share. The culture with other countries. That was one of their plans that they did like a couple years back saying, we want to share our culture with other nations through like, not just anime, but through like documentaries, through like YouTube as well. That's why you see a lot of like 
that's why you see a lot of like YouTubers in Japan doing these guides, doing these travel guides, doing these like you know, there's like videos you go on YouTube. You can actually it's someone actually walking on the streets of Japan, just showing you how it looks like, because gives you a sense and idea what this culture looks like, how it's all oh, like it's just like us, you know, it's just like the, it's just like it's structured kind of like us, but at the same time, it's like then. It's, you get to learn other cultures. To me, that makes me fascinated by other cultures. It's the best way to do it without breaking the bank. Yeah. And also, too, you want to share your culture with other people. Like you want to share it because sometimes some people are interested in it. Oh, yeah. And like I said, so one thing I was saying earlier, sometimes you'll find common ground. And one thing I did point out earlier, like, we're all American. It doesn't matter you know, what ethnicity, what skin color you are. We're all American. We all, you know, came here for that one thing, you know? But it's like, that's why it's like, for us, we gotta like show the next generation that you know, hey, we can get along. It just it takes time, but at the same time, you gotta educate yourself, be open, talk to people. There's better ways. Food is a good, yeah. food's a good start, people. Food is a good start to any like conversation. That's how you get someone to like you. Yeah. Food. Share your culture's food. That's like one. It's a good gateway to, to spur up sharing. I mean, that's why you ever watch those like shows like Bizarre Foods or any Anthony Bourdain. RP man, but man, that's why I learned from our Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmer just watching and learning those cultures and stuff. And like I said, with me, like I'm fascinated with Japanese culture, and that's why I've been learning Japanese for the last few months. I've been starting to pick up more and more of the phrases now, and to the point like when I watch anime subtitles now, I'm starting to pick up and more money inflections and how they say the like the simple greetings and stuff. And it's because I'm trying to learn it because hopefully once. This whole thing blows over. That's one of my dream places to go. I do want to go visit Japan and dive into the culture. But of course, right now, that's not going to happen for people that want to go to the Olympics. But apparently, um, Olympics are going as planned. But it's canceled. No, it's not canceled. No foreign visitors oh, are not going to be allowed for the Olympics. Not only the Olympics and nobody else can go. Well, I mean, you're going to have the athletes. But the only thing, thing you're going to see skateboarding in the Olympics. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think this, that'd be, that, that adds a nice little touch to it. And then I found out, too. One thing I want to bring up before we wrap up, too. Apparently, the French Fencing condition, Commission are actually allowing lightsaber battles into fencing now. So they actually have this company that makes lightsabers. And they're actually... Fencers are actually... They actually have rules. So if you touch a person in the head, you get a point. If you touch a person that's just with a lightsaber, it's a point. So it's like fencing, but with lightsabers to make it kind of more exciting. Sponsored by Twitch. <laughs> Sponsored by Twitch. Sponsored by Twitch. Come on. No, literally, I it's forgot what. Get me watching, honestly. <laughs> it's I like, watch fencing no, it's no, it's uh, it's like a French athletic commission. They were talking like a fencing commission in France, and leave it to the fucking French. <laughs> and they came up with rules and stuff. If you look online, I think I forgot what article I just came across on Reddit. It was on the most interesting on Reddit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're trying to push it to the point. Maybe they'll make it an Olympic sport. That'd be the future. Lightsaber fencing. I mean, honestly, if you look at my Olympic viewership, is not as big as it was. Honestly, the only time I watched the Olympics was either for soccer, basketball, and that was it. I, I was not into like track and field or the swimming and stuff. So now with skateboarding, yeah, I'm looking forward to see that. Cool to see that because that's something that I finally got introduced to the Olympics is skateboarding. But we'll see how it goes. And like I said, it takes time. For this pick, they have to go the way, but like I said, with vaccines slowly becoming available, we'll see how it goes. All right, guys, that will do it for this week. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Pop Talkin'. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkin' pop. 
Um, you can check out our merch store at teespring.com slash stores. Search under Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got tank tops when it gets warmer. We got coffee mugs for your hot brews. Um, we got face masks because we're still in pandemic as well. Um, you can check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcast fix. Um, thank you so much. Uh, big shout out to our international listeners and, of course, our American listeners as well. Thank you so much for listening to our show for the past three years. We really appreciate you guys. And like I said, if you have any any ideas or topics or questions you want to ask us, you can tweet us at PopTalking on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitch, I am on twitch.tv slash franchise685. I do gaming. I do JRPG gaming streaming as well. Check on there. Pico, where can they find you on socials? Um, at, uh, at Instagram, at uh, wander underscore the underscore void. If you like funny memes, uh, art, or pictures of my face, I want to say. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to put more music up fairly soon. I just, I fucking, I just, I'm busy with this new job, and then once I'm, like, getting the groove, I'm going to start doing more creative things again. It's just my brain is sucked up with work information and Kirby things. Yeah, I love the Kirby. Yeah. I'm surprised that show's not available for streaming. No, because they don't want us to have nice things. No, because freaking four kids did it. (laughs) Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, the killer of anime guys. I mean, we love four kids. No, four kids, no, We'll get to that till next time. We'll that could be the next episode. Why four kids killed anime dubbing? Aww. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll say that for next episode. Okay. okay, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. As always, geek on and take care.